0: So they say that uh, you know when you are in a shipwreck and you are in high seas, the worst thing that you can actually do is to drink from the seawater. Because even if you're really, really thirsty and you're under the, the, ray, the, the rays of the sun, you know the seawater, what it's going to do is actually just going to make you thirstier. And at some point, if you keep doing it, that, that, that thirst that you were trying to quench is just going to grow and grow and grow, and at the end, it's going to kill you. The death of a castaway actually comes when they succumbed to the temptation of drinking seawater. It's at that point that probably is the final moments for a castaway. So that is the castaway I just, I just found. It's very difficult to find photos of those guys, but I just found one. But, uh, you know, now when we look at our society and we look at our time, um, you know, the thought that comes to mind is like people is actually living like castaways. People in high seas, they're all thirsty. And it's a thirst that never ends. It's a thirst that never ends, sorry, never can be quenched with anything. We look around and what we see is just a deep feeling of, you know, dissatisfaction. People are looking for a change, looking for something without actually knowing what they're looking for. They keep looking in continuous discontent. We live in a time where you know, people have more things than ever, material stuff, but at the same time, we live in a time that we, people actually want more things than ever, which is really interesting. We live in the age of telecommunications. Everyone has WhatsApp, Internet, Facebook, a thousand friends on Facebook, And very rarely you have a conversation face to face with any of them. People would do anything for a good conversation. What's happening to us? People is increasingly looking to fill that inner void. And maybe people you think, oh, maybe I just should change my car and buy a new one, or I should just change my house and buy a bigger one. Or I should just change jobs. And probably that would help. Or change my wife. I'm not changing (laughs) anyone. Change my wife. There is something, I know there is something I need to change, but I don't know what it is. And people just live in that spiral of dissatisfaction. Mm. In this series, uh, Encounters with Jesus, we're going to be talking about six different themes and conversations. Um, six different encounters, really, with, with Jesus, different people. And we're just going to see how those encounters are going to change the lives and the circumstances of these people that actually had an encounter with Jesus, as uh, Richard was saying at the beginning. So I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles um, in the book of John, in chapter 4. All of this, this series of preaching, uh, the preachers are going to be based in the book of John, uh, and today we're going to be reading in the book of John, chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 30. It's a long read, uh, but I just invite you to, to, to read your Bibles with me and follow up. Um, I don't have the text in the screen, so we're going to do it the old-fashioned good way. Uh, you open your actual Bible. And uh, if you got the, the church's Bible, it's the page 1066. Okay, 1066, and it says like this. Jesus talks with the Samaritan woman. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. And it was about noon. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciple has gone to town to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks the water this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never be thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, willing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I don't... You know, I won't get thirsty, and we have to, you know, have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go and call your husband and come back. She said, I, don't, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is that you have had five husband and husbands, and the man that you now have is not your husband. What you have is just, you know, what you have said is true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet our ancestors worshiped it in this mountain but you just claim that the place that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem woman Jesus replied believe me a time is coming when you will worship a father we'll worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem you Samaritans worship what you don't know we worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For there are the kind of worshipers. the Father has six. Good God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am here. Let's just read a few more. Just then, the disciples returned to, um, and were really surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, hey, what do you want? Or, what are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything i ever done. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. We're just going to stop there. Uh, so, probably, um, you know, you have heard uh, many preachers on this uh, passage before. But that's, that's the beauty of the Word of God, isn't it? It's so rich and so abundant that a thousand preachers could preach in the same passage, and we would have a thousand sermons to nourish our soul. Um, I'm not going to preach six or seven preaches this morning, only one. But I would like to highlight a few tr- deep truths in this text before we go into the main theme. Okay, number one is the greatness of Lord Jesus Christ as an evangelist. Did you notice that? He, they start talking about something as mundane as the well and the water, and Jesus suddenly changed it to a spiritual ground, and he's suddenly talking about spiritual, you know, spiritual water. And Jesus is saying, hey, it's not this water that you need, it's spiritual water that you need. It's not, you know, the thirst of your body that you're trying to quench, it's actually the thirst of your soul. She tries to divert the conversations to historical and theological um, Topics, and he says, "Oh, you know." Jesus says, don't, sh- "Don't don't worry. It's not about the place. It's not about if you are here in this mount or on the other one. It's about attitude. It's about you worshiping in spirit and in tr- in truth." Sometimes we complicate our conversations, and we want just to, when we're talking about someone to the Lord, we just you start talking to too many things. But let's just focus on what is important, which is Jesus Christ's cross and His sacrifice. All the rest is just endless debates. Another thing is the priority is following Jesus. These disciples were hungry, says the text. And probably their gods were grumbling. And they went to town to buy some bread and some chorizo. No, not chorizo because they were Jewish. Let's let's say fish and chips. They went to town and, and they bought some fish and chips. But they went there. And man, what They missed they missed an amazing conversation between Jesus and this Samaritan woman. The passage tells about the priority of being with Jesus all the time. If he's hungry and thirsty, so we are. So are we. If he's tired, so are we. We follow in his footsteps. The disciples missed the conversation. The the Lord Christ actually knew that he was doing the will of his Father. In fact, if you remember, the text says that Jesus said something to his disciples. Hey, you know what? I have food that you don't know about, and they were just wondering, why, why is that? Well, doing the will of his Father was Jesus' food at this time, spiritual food. So it's the same for us. We have that priority of following Jesus all the time and seek spiritual food, which is doing the will of our Father. Another one I just quickly want to mention is in this text, God's designs, in God's designs are not coincidences. there are providences. Anyone could say, oh, look, what a coincidence. Jesus just arrived there, met the Samaritan woman. Psh, everything happened by chance, and she goes over there, and suddenly the gospel enters in the Samaritan people. No, it wasn't a coincidence. Let's go back to uh, verse number 4, and it says, now, now he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through. Um, I got a map here just to show you. Um, he, was, he was just there in the area of Jerusalem, and uh, he needed to go to up north to where Galilee is. Uh, and you can see that if you wanted a shorter trip, there was a reason to go you know, through Samaria. But actually, any Jew would say, no, 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 Jesus. There's no necessary to go through, through Samaria. Why do you want to go through that horrible town? I'm going to teach you an, a really nice detail You know, and you avoid to see all of all of those people, and you can get to Galilee. Many did; they made a big detour to avoid going through Samaria. The text is not describing the geography, the geography of Palestine. Okay, this text is actually describing the agenda of Jesus Christ. It was necessary for Jesus to pass through Samaria. He had an appointment; he had a meeting at 12 noon by the well of Sychar. Jesus says, "Oh, probably we're thinking." You know, I need to go to that well, Jacob's as well. A woman will go there to fetch water, and I need to talk to her. I must be there. Okay, this is an encounter. Jesus needed to talk to this woman about living water. Similarly, there's no coincidences in our lives. Okay, so it's not by chance that you're actually sitting here this morning. It's by the providence of God. So you could hear the word of the gospel speaking to your heart. Last one. This passage explains in such a simple way that the gospel breaks all barriers, all barriers. It was politically incorrect for Jesus to be talking to a woman. In those times, you know, single man and a woman alone, that was not correct. And on top of that, she was a Samaritan woman. There was so much enmity between Jews and Samaritans at the time for religious, cultural, ethnic reasons. They really couldn't stand each other. However, the gospel jumps all of those barriers and it breaks them completely. The gospel brings together all people, people of all kinds. Just look around you. I absolutely love to be part of this church. Of this church, uh, this church is, is formed of so many cultures, people from different races, different languages, different nations. It's just beautiful. And heaven is going to be like that. We're already getting used to that. Heaven is going to be like this for all ages, all social conditions. This is how it's going to be. And this is how we express what gospel actually is. It's the message of Lord Jesus Christ changing and reaching hearts. Because although we're all different outside, some of us a little bit more handsome than others, (laughs) our hearts still struggle with the same thing. We all fight with the same stuff, and we all need Jesus Christ in our hearts and his word. Right, this, all of this could be different sermons, and, and, and we could preach about all of those things, but I actually want to talk about this woman this morning, and uh, we're going to be talking about three things. We're going to be talking about her feet, we're going to be talking about her head, and we're going to be talking about her um, heart. Okay. So let's start with that. Number one, when uh, Lord Jesus encounter this woman, her feet accelerate. Okay? It lasts just a short time. You notice that? Just a short time by the well. Her feet quicken. Now they want to walk. They want to run. Have you ever had or received a really, really, really good news? What happened? Oh. Very good news. What do you want to do? It makes your heart skip a bit. The joy just go to your head. And you suddenly, you don't know what to do. You cry, you laugh. You laugh while crying. You cry while laughing, or probably all together. And, and after that, what do you want to do? You want to share it, don't you? You want to share it. Oh, I need to call such and such. That's so difficult. I've been practicing this bit several times. <laughs> I need to call such and such. I want to talk to such and such. You want to share it. You want to share it. The emotion, the chill. Maybe you jump. Maybe, I don't know, you screamed. And then, you know, come on, everybody. You need to know. Okay, so there is so much joy in your heart or in the woman's, and this woman's heart as well, that the lips wants to explain it. She's conversing with Jesus, actually telling him at, at some point, you know what uh, when the messiah comes he will tell us all the things she's practically saying oh jesus just just stop that just stop the the discussion when the messiah comes he will things makes things all clear and jesus what does jesus says jesus says i am the one the one you're waiting is is here in front of you imagine What this woman was, you know, feeling and the emotion and all of that. So what did she do? She ran back and explained the gospel to all, well, the gospel, the the good news to all the men or everyone that actually she could see. So if you are not joyful, what you're sharing, do not expect, communicate joy to anyone. Joy, passion, enthusiasm, happiness. Don't talk about the joy of meeting Christ. Speak with joy that you have met Christ. Okay, don't expect to, uh, to speak convincingly. Better speak convinced. If you are convinced of what Christ was done, has done for you, guys, the result of your testimony is just going to be immediate. This woman has just seen the Messiah, and she's already a missionary. Within five minutes, she wants just to run and, and talk to everybody. In the same way, we all that we know Christ already our missionaries to our friends, to our colleagues at work, to friends in university, in school, any environment. Sometimes, uh, you, probably you know all, the, all this story, but we are reminded about the good Samaritan. Interestingly enough, he lived in the same area that this woman. And how important it is to cater and to provide for the physical needs of people. But I think it's a slightly a little bit more important to be like a good Samaritan woman, and to provide for the spiritual needs of our people around, and actually share about the living water that is Jesus Christ. This woman becomes a bearer of good news. You know, when I was reading this passage, this passage actually reminds us about Mary Magdalene. When Jesus, you know, Jesus has risen. and What did she do? She, she, what did she do? She runs to tell the good news to the disciples. Lydia, which was the first Christian woman in Europe, she opened the heart. And what does she do? Start sharing the gospel. She becomes a bearer of good news. So this this is interesting, what's happening here. If you remember the beginning of the creation, Eve brought some bad news. Uh, Hey, Adam, I just ate from this apple. Adam ate. Disaster comes in. But what Jesus is doing here is just amazing. He's actually turning everything around. And these women are, you know, bearers of good news. Mary Magdalene to the disciples, Lydia to the Europeans, the Samaritan woman to the Samaritans. Mm -hmm. This woman, you know, had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And Christ, and that encounter changes the woman's feet. Now they want to run. Mm -hmm. Okay, number two, this encounter with Lord Jesus Christ also produces something in her head. Her head forgets, yeah, forgets. Sometimes we're forgetful, right? Sometimes, um, you know, it happens to me often. Um, I, said to, I said to Becky, I, I just want to go and I'm going to go out probably to the library and bring a book. I need to read a book. Came back, to, came back home, and Becky asked me, where's, where's the book? Uh, what book? Or even worse, go and pick the kids up from school. Come back home. what are the kids? What kids? <laughs> Just imagine something that was, was true. Maybe I'm exaggerating a bit with that one. But we are forgetful. We are forgetful. This woman went to the well you know, with her water jar and returned home without the water jar and without the water. And perhaps neither she remembered that she was thirsty or where the well was. Or what she was was doing there, because there was news that surpassed all news. There was something that overwhelmed her. There was something much bigger. There was something occupying her thoughts. She no longer remembered what happened before. She was forgetful. Look at the, you know, the the meeting. The the joy of meeting Jesus Christ has a profound—see if I get this word right—amnesic effect. Look at the, you know, the kids when he's got a new toy and he's just playing. He doesn't care about snacks or school time. He's just having a good time. Forget about everything. Or look at the pair of, of lovers. you know, They're just holding hands and walking in the park, telling everything to each other. Two hours, six hours, eight hours. And so it's like, oh my goodness, what time is it? Time freezes. Time just passes. You know, amnesic effect when you send such a joy. I think... That's why we need to go to heaven for all eternity. Because we're going to meet face to face with Jesus. Just, just imagine that. We, we're not going to think about anything else. If we were eternity minus one day, that would be too short. We'll need all eternity in front of Jesus. All eternity in front of Jesus. Sometimes we think, ah, when I'm in heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus, oh, Jesus, why that pain? Why that tri- tri-? um Trial. Why all of those problems is not going to happen? We're not going to even think about that. We're just going to be enjoying His presence forever. So, eternity. Please don't take any any day away. I need it all. The Samaritan was thirsty. She goes to the well to fetch water. She takes the water, you know, her water jar, and she meets Jesus Christ in there. What a words! What a wisdom! What sweetness! What a message! And the woman goes away to share the good news, and she forgets what she was doing over there. She forgets what time it was. She was thirsty. She forgets the jar. The the same things happen, if you remember, to the disciples. Jesus was just walking there and says to the disciples, Hey, guys, follow me. And what did they do? They just left the boats behind. Same with Matthew. Hey, Matthew, follow me. And he just left the taxes and the books and everything behind. Same with Saul. Hey, Saul, stop persecuting me. And he left all his rel- self-righteousness and religious life behind, forgot about that, and followed Jesus. The Samaritan woman, woman goes to the well you know, with her thirst, her anguish, her fears, her anxieties. And when she meets Jesus Christ, her water jar stays there. Everything that had been important to her, up to that moment, stays there. It ceases to matter because she understood that only Jesus Christ was the one who quenches the thirst of the soul. Um, I was reading a commentary uh, with a a guy called J.C. Ryeig, I think it's pronounced, and he says says this, we see the expulsive power of grace of the Holy Spirit Grace is introduced into the heart, drives out all tastes and interests. A converted person no longer cares for what he once cared for. A new tenant is in the house, a new pilot is at the helm. The whole world looks different, and all things have become new. So this is what happened to this woman. She was so happy. Her head was totally, totally different. This is what happened with someone that has been born again, with uh, you know, someone that, who comes to know Jesus. All things passed. The believer abandons all habits, friendship, places, thoughts, and there is no great sacrifice for him to live all of that because he has something more precious. The pearl of great price, the hidden treasure that is Jesus Christ. The newborn knows that he belongs to Jesus and no one else or anything else. And let's notice that this Samaritan woman was... She wasn't doing anything wrong in there, as anything sinful. But, you know, even the more natural, basic, elemental, noble things, they lose their value before Jesus Christ. She forgets about everything. When we truly know Jesus, Christ and Jesus become the first things in our life. Christ is more beautiful than the most beautiful thing you can find in this life. Christ is more sweet than the sweetest things that you can find in this life. And Christ is more essential than the most essential thing you can find in this life. An encounter with Jesus. An encounter with Jesus. We see the transformative effect that this encounter had in this woman. Her feet speed up, and her head now forgets. (laughs) Last one. Her soul is filled. Her heart is filled. I was checking my grammar with my wife this morning, but hopefully you understand. Her heart suddenly becomes full this woman is thirsty. She takes the empty jar, she leaves the house in the direction of the well, and what she doesn't know, or she's not aware of, is that her heart is as empty as the jar that she's actually carrying. Her, carrying. She arrives at the well thinking, okay, I'm thirsty for normal water. But actually, her thirst is spiritual. Her thirst is for God. The water jar remains there empty, and she returns home, with a heart full, full, overflowing. She went to the well to fill that water jar, but actually it was her heart that got filled. She filled with living, fresh, eternal water, which is Jesus Christ. I would like just quickly see some details that are left here in the text, in the Gospel of John, for us to understand a little bit of the reality of this woman. She is a lonely, lonely woman. Okay, she goes goes to fetch water, if you remember we read that at noon. Okay? Brothers friends, no one no one goes on the you know in the desert goes at noon to fetch water. It's is when it's the hottest and the, you know it's, it's hard and, and, and this, this woman is it was not as easy as just arriving there, opening the tap, fill it in. It, she needed to work hard and on top of that go back home with that thing all filled. So it was hard work. Sorry, I just um, the woman. um, The woman at that time in Genesis twenty-four, we read that um, the ladies used to used to go to fetch water at the end of the day in the afternoon because it was cooler and it was a time that they could chat with each other. But this woman is actually avoiding all of that. Her situation probably put in a really weird position, and she wanted not to be well with the, there with the other woman who were around. Probably her situation was cause for gossip between all between women. She was a wounded woman. She was a lonely woman. She, a woman who was looking for a perfect company of a man. But what? She had drunk seawater. She was in the deepest of loneliness. She has had five husbands, and the, woman she wa- the, the man that she was now with was not her husband, but she was not giving up. Okay, she was looking for Prince Charming. She already had Prince Adam, <laughs> Prince Aladdin, <laughs> Prince Philip, and some of us, but haven't found Prince Charming. That husband, that man, the perfect company that will make her touch the sky. She wasn't looking for a man. She was looking for something that would bring her happiness, that would give deep satisfaction to her soul. That's what this woman was after. And after six relationships, she was still deeply dissatisfied what she, well, she had originally been. She idolized marriage there. She idolized a relationship with a man, and she was deeply dissatisfied. She encountered Jesus there, and Jesus offered her, you know, fresh water. Give me a drink. You ask me for a drink, the Samaritan, Samaritan woman says. And the Lord Jesus tells her, if you knew, if you knew who is it that asked you, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Here again, Jesus is using, a, you know, playing with words, because in, the, in that culture, you know, a well was, the water was still there, but the, the water of a well could go wrong or could dry up. But living water, water that is running all the time, like a fountain, you know, it's all the time fresh. And that's what Jesus is offering to this this woman. The Lord is referring to water of life, the spiritual water, water that will quench the thirst of her heart, life-giving water. This woman is thirsty, her soul is thirsty. She saw that she couldn't quench. She could quench the thirst of her soul by finding the perfect husband. But after six men, she's still thirsty, until now that she meets Jesus Christ. What a message for this woman. You're not looking for a husband. You're looking for Jesus, the Son of Man. He's the perfect company that quenches the thirst of our hearts. And my question for you this morning is, is your soul thirsty? Actually, it's a rhetorical question. Because the answer is, is yes. So it's always thirsty. Where are you trying to quench that thirst? Are you doing it like this woman? You're waiting for the perfect husband or the perfect wife, and then you'll be happy and whole. Marriage is a blessing of God. Of course it is. And if you want to get married, pray for it. Absolutely, it's wonderful. But if that's what you think is going to fill that Inner void in your heart, probably that's not the answer. Do you intend to quench your thirst with material stuff? Well, if I had the perfect job, as I said at the beginning, or the perfect house, or the perfect car, if I could have a couple more zeros in my current account, fame, awards, then I will be happy. All of that is seawater that makes you thirstier and thirstier. That seawater do not quench the thirst of your heart my heart. If you're thirsty and looking for the things that this world offers, like this woman, to quench your thirst, come to the well. You think you're alone in this search, but when you approach the well, you find Jesus Christ sitting there, just waiting for you. Approach the well, the, sorry, the well with your empty jar, with your empty heart, and listen to the voice of the land of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and tell him, Jesus who shall I go to whom shall I go only you have words of life it is him who we are looking for even without knowing it seeking to quench that thirst and many other things leave the water jar at his feet full of your sadness all your anxieties, your anguish, all your loneliness and frustrations, all your fears leave that water jar at his feet And you will never see it again never this is a beautiful story that ends with a woman full of joy her heart absolutely full and overflowing a woman satisfied coming home with good news and that could be our story as well if you're here for the first time you visited us and you don't know Jesus, jesus yet you know he's saying to you this morning Come to me. Come to the well. I want to give you living water. I want to fill that inner void. I want to make your life whole and get rid of that thirst that you have. If you are a believer, if you already know Jesus, but you've been drinking a little bit of salty water here and there, and you feel dry and you feel thirsty, come to the well this morning. And Jesus, Jesus wants to give you Fresh water again and refresh your soul with the living water that is him. Come to the well and let your head, your feet, and your heart be changed. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray? Lords, Lord, you know the depth of our hearts. You know all of us here. You know what our struggles are. You know what our anxieties are. You know where we've been running towards to actually, you know, looking for things to quench our thirst. Lord, you know if we've been drinking sea water, salty water. But we approach you, Lord, this morning with our hearts humble. And we just, we just want to ask you, Lord, to uh, fill our hearts with the fresh water that is you. Lord, the same fresh water that you offered to this woman there, you still offer today. And we want to come this morning to ask you for it. Lord, thank you because you start the conversations. You are the one that actually you know, is waiting for us there at the well. And we just need to come and see you face to face. So, Lord... Just in the same way, you change the life of this woman. Please, we just ask you this morning, change ours as well. Amen.